for the title. Got it. Good snap. The hold is down. It's long enough. It is good. Welcome to another edition of In Play. I'm Craig Maddock. Today's guest has the distinction of doing something that had never been done in South Dakota high school basketball. Hasn't been done since either. And the feat was recognized nationally. He had a great career playing college basketball as the school's all-time leading scorer and rebounder. And if it wasn't for one injury, could have possibly played in the NBA. He became a successful businessman. And he also performed a mighty feat after a bad accident. He's Oneidas Kent Hyde. Kent, welcome to InPlay. Well, thank you. Oneida, South Dakota. Of course, right smack in the middle of the state there in Sully County, right along Highway 83. You're about 25 miles from the Missouri River. Oneida, the county seat of Sully County. What was it like growing up uh, in Oneida back back in the 50s? <laughs> well, in our house, we didn't have an indoor toilet until I was a junior in high school. Oh, oh my! Oh. <laughs> so it, it was it was cold. <laughs> my mother had to move uh, all of her canned goods out of our bedroom because it, they were freezing up. Oneida was a population of about what six hundred and fifty at about that time. Big agriculture community. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. yeah. So was uh, your family a big sports family? Uh, yes, my dad listened to baseball games. Uh, he had an old uh, round thing that he could turn the radio around, and he could point it towards Minneapolis, and he could point it down towards Atlanta uh-huh. uh, or in St. Louis. St. Louis. And he listened to baseball. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Did you, did you play baseball? Uh, not really. They wanted me to because, uh, my long legs and big strike zone, but, uh, I didn't do very well. (laughs) Basketball was your sport, right? Was that the only sport that you played in Oneida? No, I played uh, football and I did some, uh, track. Well, it's 1952, about 1952, you're a sophomore for Oneida. What was uh, the basketball team like that year when you were a sophomore at Oneida? We had a good B-team basketball. I think the coach wanted me to play on the A-team, but they were mostly older guys and and more you know in tune with each other rather than wanting me on the team. Who was the coach? Uh, Bob Koenig. What kind of a coach was he? Oh, he's an excellent coach. He, he was a player. I think he played down in uh, uh, Yankton, South okay. Dakota. Sure, sure. So what was the United gym like? We, we, we know that gyms back in the 50s all across the country, they, they weren't, very, weren't very big. <laughs> no, this was, this was a, the, the old gym that we used to play in was so small that uh, you couldn't shoot real high shots because the ceiling was so low. Uh, there were very few seats 
there was a little balcony up above, but uh, it was it was tiny. We would go in and we'd get all the kids to get together and go in the gym. Might be 10, 11 o'clock at night, turn the lights on and turn the heat up and uh, play basketball. And the sheriff would come by <laughs> and he'd, he'd watch us for a while. And when he'd get ready to leave, he'd say, now, don't forget to turn the heat down and turn the lights off before you leave, <laughs> which was a good thing. So before you're a, a sophomore in high school, uh, how much time are you spending practicing basketball? And where are you practicing? Well, of course, in this old uh, small gym, but uh, not really a whole lot. I didn't anyway. Well, things started changing. You're a, you're a junior for the Oneida Warriors. What was uh, your expectations for the team as a junior? As a junior, uh, we had Jim Sutton and Ronald Lawrence. And, uh, well, Ron was in with me with a B team. Okay. But Quentin Youngberg. So uh, Quentin Youngberg and Jim Sutton were seniors the year that I was a junior. I was a sophomore. We just played on the B team. Got it. Well, you, you averaged 16 points a game as a, a junior, and Oneida not only made the state tournament for the first time, you win it. The first title yeah. for Oneida. So what was what was the season like? I think you played about, what, 28 games at that time. What was the season like that championship year? Oh, it was it, – we had a wonderful team because – Ron Lawrence, Jim Sutton, and Quentin Youngberg could handle the ball better than anybody we played against. And Sutton was an excellent shooter outside, and uh, Quentin Youngberg was was a decent shooter. Ronald Lawrence played decent, but uh, if we got the lead on the in the last quarter, we could hold the ball out front. There was no time clock. And we could hold the ball until we got absolutely got a layup or the other fellow and myself would go stand in the corner. <laughs> and they would they would run back and forth with the dribbling the ball and throwing it and they could, nobody could take the ball away from them. You defeated Ravinia in the championship fifty one to forty five. What was that game like? Really our toughest game was against Franklin. Because what they did is double teamed and triple teamed uh, Sutton and the others out front, and uh, we had a difficult time beating them. Uh, Ravinia uh, wasn't that difficult. We pretty much had the lead most of the game, as I know. I imagine I can remember anyway. Ravinia, by the way, uh, in Charles Mix County, about seventy people located south of Armour and. East of Lake Andes, uh, now part of uh, Andes Central uh, here in South Dakota. But uh, Ravinia, uh, there, there were a lot of small-town schools uh, back in the 50s. Yeah, we had, I think there was 47 kids in four grades of high school in Oneida. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the next year, uh, Hatai beat Provo. I don't think anybody knows where Provo is in South Dakota. That is out by Edgemont, right in the southwest corner of South Dakota. A lot of those schools uh, 
you know, they, they uh, kind of got eaten up by some of the bigger schools in the area or had to consolidate. Oh, yeah. Again, there was not a lot of people up there in South Dakota at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you win the championship in 1953, Oneida's first trip to the uh, state boys basketball tournament. Where was that tournament played? In uh, Huron, South Dakota. In the Huron Arena? Yeah. And the whole town of Oneida had to be there. Oh, yeah. I'll bet they were, most of us were, most of us were there. <laughs> so you win the championship in 1953, and then now the next year you're a senior. It's 1954. You're uh, just over six foot five, and you accomplished something that hasn't ever been done. In 28 games, you averaged 50 points per game. 50. You also shot about yeah. 70% from the floor. What was going on with you in 1954 scoring 50 points a game? Well, of course, again, that was because of the coach. He knew that we had very little outside help, and he just made it a point that when they brought the ball down to get it in to the center, to get it into me. And uh, even though they tried to, double team and triple team. But the time I got the ball and jumped and, or made a hook shot, why it was over with. And again, I had good touch on the ball and I could shoot uh, free throws decently. Not as good as Jim Sutton, but. <laughs> <laughs> In one game, you scored 66 points your senior year. Who was that against? It's a little town just north of uh, Gettysburg. I can't even think of it now. Was the game that easy for you that year? Defenses couldn't oh, stop no. you. No, it wasn't that easy because it was kind of, uh, I enjoyed playing with the team that won the state championship because we were more of a team. Uh, we didn't have the personnel. And I, you know, when I was scoring all that point, uh, to really shoot outside, to really do a lot of stalling with the ball. So what they had to do is get it into where they could to, so I could score. And and again, I was a good enough shooter, but once they got the ball in, why, I could handle it pretty well. One of your uh, shots was the hook shot, uh, which I think is kind of a lost art today. Not too many kids are doing the hook shot how big of a, of your repertoire was the hook shot probably in the paint yes. to score? Yes. I didn't shoot from outside because that was in the year before. That was the other three guys deal was to shoot outside. I stayed under the basket. The 50 points per game for that season, and you scored 1,411 points that year. Those were national records. National records. How much did that mean to you back then? Well, again, I didn't think of it much other than we were trying to win a ball game. And uh, we used to facilitate the people that we had in, in a position that they were useful. Uh, and I guess I was more useful scoring underneath the basket. <laughs> 
Well, you didn't make the state tournament, or you didn't win the title that year. When you're scoring 50 points a game, what was going on with Oneida? Well, because again, we couldn't uh, we couldn't keep the other teams from scoring. I don't know what our record win loss record was, but it wasn't that good. Mm. Even though I scored a lot of points, we we still lost some games. You know, nobody has uh, done what you did uh, since. You know, no one has scored 50 points a game uh, <laughs> in a whole season. Well, mainly because they, they didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they, they had other teammates that could score. You had more than 40 schools courting you to play basketball, and you chose... South Dakota State, why? Uh, probably because I had a job all summer long after I get, we got through with the season. And they had, I had guys come by, and here I was supposed to be out working in the field, running the tractor, and they were trying to run me down to get me to commit to their school. I did go to the University of Minnesota and uh, made one trip, and, and that was it. But again, I had a lot of offers. I just I, ne- I didn't pay enough attention. That was probably my fault because yeah. I, I should have looked at maybe some other school. Well, you didn't do too but bad. Didn't you, you didn't do too bad while you were a jackrabbit. You know, but as a, as a no. freshman, remember, freshmen, freshmen weren't eligible to play in college. What was it like that freshman year you were at SDSU but couldn't play in any games. Well, of course, we we played uh, as on the freshman team. Played uh, a number of uh, teams mm-hmm. under today's the other way. Again, we couldn't dunk the ball, and there was no three point shooters <laughs> shooting. That's right. Which, which makes a big difference in the in the pace of the ball game now. Well, you be, you get to be a sophomore at SDSU, and now you've grown a couple more inches. You're what now, just over six seven, and you helped the Jacks yeah. win the North Central Conference for the first time in some twenty years. What was that year like? Who else was on that team where the Jacks saw winning the conference? Well, of course, again, was my old teammate um, Jim Sutton, and he was a, a excellent outside shooter and. I think he won the national percentage for free throw shooting that year. And we had uh, there's a couple other guys that, that, were, that were good players. What was it like playing in the barn at SDSU? There was no difference in anywhere else because of the – it was, again, it was a team sport. You played together, and that's why you win. Well, the Jacks win the – conference again in 1957 your junior year you're averaging a double double every game and you also set the sdsu single game scoring mark of 40 against augustana what was that day like well i tell people that the coach of augustine was uh interviewing before the ball game probably a day or so before the ball game and uh the, the reporter asked him, how are you going to handle Hyde? And he said, we don't have any problem with Hyde. <laughs> we'll take care of him. <laughs> and 
I heard that, and it, it kind of upset me. So I I went after the ball and and did a little bit more, you know, on my own than I should have probably. Did you win the game? Yes, we did. <laughs> Won it pretty handily, I think. Well, 1958, it's your senior year. You are a dominant player in the North Central Conference, but you couldn't finish the season due to an injury, and it was a ruptured disc in your back. When did that happen, and when did it start affecting you? I think there was only three or four games into the conference that uh, I knew it wasn't any good. We played North Dakota State, I think it was, and... I was so painful that I just walked off the court and walked over to the coach and told him I, I couldn't play anymore. Mm. And, uh, and then I tried to sit down and it hurt so bad I couldn't even sit down. I had to stand up and then finally go to the locker room. And then it was over. I ruptured the disc. Was it due to playing basketball or was it due to something else where the injury occurred? Possibly could have been when I was out hunting pheasants with my father-in-law and I stepped in a hole and twisted my back. Mm. And that was, you know, in the fall before season started. I, I kind of always attributed that to the ruptured disc. You finish at SDSU with a 63-game career as the all-time leading scorer for the Jackrabbits with uh, just about 1,100 points and also the uh, leading rebounder with over 700 rebounds. By the way, that all-time scoring mark only stood for a couple of years until Don Jacobson showed up and scored 1,500 points. Now, was he a sophomore when you were a senior at that time for South Dakota State? Because I think no, his... I don't think so. I think he, I think it was, a, the year he was after. just a freshman. Yeah. Now... There was a. It's kind of interesting. Of course, I know, I, know, I said it to the, his brother, who was a. Uh, we played together on the on the freshman team there at South Dakota State. I told you know I told I we went to a couple of his high school ball games, and uh, I told him I said, "Look, you need to get in down here to state." <laughs> and he said, "Well, I don't know." I talked to the coach and Iverson. I talked to him and I told I said, you need to get that kid down here because he's going to be a heck of a ball player. Uh, Iverson didn't go after him, (laughs) but he came down there and turned out that he wound up being the leading scorer. (laughs) Just a couple of years after you had left. Your junior year at South Dakota State, uh, you got drafted in the NBA, right? Got a letter from the old St. Louis Hawks, and it was kind of, you know, uh, you, you, we, we chosen you as one of our draftees and, uh, would be a bonus, I think of like $4,000 and a salary of 4,300 or 42 or 300. <laughs> that was 1958, right? 19, right around there. Yes. Do you still have the letter that they sent you? You know, I don't know. I've looked, and my wife made a copy of most of the stuff, and it's in a big box. <laughs> and 
I kind of drifted through it the other day <laughs> after you called, and I, I didn't see it. Well, I hope you can find it uh, one of these days. Your, uh, your basketball career was over, okay? No more basketball after you graduated. It's 1959, and unfortunately, due to the ruptured disc, you can't play in the NBA. What, what were you thinking of doing after basketball? <laughs> well, I was in the insurance business. I, and, you know, I had been since then. I'm not selling anything anymore. Why the insurance business? What uh, interested you in that? Well, because the guy that was at State kind of, I don't know, I can't even remember his name, but he was, uh, oh, I know what, he, he used to come out and play golf out at the old golf, nine-hole golf course that I ran there in Brookings. And uh, he talked me into going in the insurance business after I got out of college. And you moved to Huron first. Yeah, for not too long, and then moved on down to Storm Lake, Iowa. And then uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Then the Little Rock, Arkansas. Is that where the family grew up? Yes. I, of course, I played basketball one year for the South Dakota team, team that played in the Senior uh, Olympics. That was 2004. 2004, you played the South Dakota Senior Olympics for basketball. Yeah, and <laughs> how'd that go? Again, oh, it went all right. I, we came in second of the seventy-year-olds. <laughs> Did they have a three-point shot? I mean, you didn't have the three-point shot when you when you played at Oneida. No, and one of the games we were far ahead, and I went outside. I don't know why I was out on the outside, past the three-point line. And they passed me the ball, and I scored a three-pointer. One but for one for your that. career. <laughs> yes, one for one. <laughs> one for one in your career as a three-point yeah. shooter. <laughs> that was, I, I dropped a shotgun and blew my left arm uh, off, and they hung it back on again, but it was crippled. And uh, they asked me to play in the senior deal, and I said, who ever heard of a one-armed basketball player? <laughs> I mean, that was in 1972, the, the shotgun accident. What happened? We were out, my son and I were out shooting skeet, and uh, some crows started coming over. He started shooting at a crow or two, and I picked up the gun to shoot a crow, and set it down. I thought it was on the fender of the car, and it dropped down between my legs and went off, hit my arm. How much of the arm was injured? Oh, I think they moved the arm up four inches and hung it back on again. And then hooked the nerves up. And at that time, the doctor came in the next morning. And I said, well, I see you saved the arm. And he says, yeah, well, we're probably going to take it off. But we hooked those nerves up. We didn't know how they are going to work. But we finally got them to work over a lot of mm. rehabilitation. Here it is 10 years after that horrible accident you take up the hobby of bike riding and for some reason you decide that you're going to ride your bike from little rock arkansas all the way to little old oneida south dakota 1300 miles what why did you do that well i guess i don't know my my son and daughter uh got involved in riding a bike 
with a friend of ours, and they invited me to go along. And so I got an old Schwinn bicycle, and I started riding with them. And this guy wanted to make trips. We'd go over to eastern Arkansas and ride along the bridges over there and went up into Missouri and rode across Missouri and came back down and rode down in Arkansas. So we went a lot of places, and uh, I got used to it, and the kids went on to college, and I thought, well, maybe I just ought to go visit my parents. And you took a bike for 1,300 miles. How long did it take you to get from Little Rock to Oneida? It was 15 days. I got rained out one day, I think, or one and a half. But, you know, I wandered all around. I'd ride into a little town, and there'd be an old gas station. I'd stop to get something to drink or eat. There'd be some guys sitting around playing cards, and, and I'd ask them, I'd say, now, Rather than getting on this main road where there's a lot of traffic, is there an old county road I can get onto and get further north? And, and they get they give me different directions, and I I rode all over. <laughs> I rode up into North Arkansas and over into Oklahoma and back over into Missouri. And <laughs> it wasn't a straight line. Was it a lot of gravel roads too? No. No, well, I tried to stay on uh, on paved roads. <laughs> I can't imagine so, being on a bike for 15 days. I don't think my butt would last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it it was it was tough. But it uh, the old bike was about worn out when I got there. <laughs> well, I still can't believe you averaged 50 points a game your senior year at Oneida. Of course, now Oneida is a part of uh, Sully Buttes. Uh, 1971 is when uh, Sully Buttes added, what, Agar and Oneida and Blunt to, to that school. Uh, Oneida, though, did win one more state boys basketball championship as Oneida. That was back in 1969. But you're, you're, yeah. you're in the South Dakota Sports Hall of Fame, and you're in the South Dakota High School Basketball Hall of Fame. What does that mean to you, Kent? Well, it's an honor to to be chosen because I can remember when I went to the coach asked me to come and scrimmage and play a little ball with him. And I wasn't, you know, clumsy. And he gave me a jump rope and he said, learn how to jump this rope. And then he said, listen to music and listen to the rhythm of music. And I took this old uh, jump rope and I was down on the floor jumping and I had it around my ankle and around my neck and falling down. <laughs> and the rest of the kids were all laughing and making fun at me. And he put me up on the stage at the end of the basketball court and closed the curtain. And that's where I was to practice. <laughs> By the end of the, or getting into the season and, and when we won the championship, uh, there were more than just me up there at the jumping rope. Well, you've, uh, you've had a, a very successful career, not only as a life insurance uh, businessman, but still unbelievable what you were able to do as a senior, scoring 50 points a game with no three-point line. Yeah. <laughs> right. But with Sutton and those guys out there, they, wouldn't, they didn't want me out there shooting anyway. <laughs> That's what I still told the, uh, when I gave a little speech at the Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And uh, – 
Sutton was there, and I said, one thing I've got to be grateful for is Sutton taught me how to rebound or taught me to rebound. And uh, the crowd just went quiet, and they said, he taught you how to rebound? And I said, yeah, I couldn't shoot from outside, and I couldn't dribble the ball up and handle it. So I said, if I was going to score, I'd better learn how to rebound. <laughs> so that's why I learned how to rebound when he taught me. If you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Programs such as this are only possible through the continued support of our listeners like you. For South Dakota Public Broadcasting, I'm Craig Maddox. Join us again on the next episode of In Play.